Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And Peter is such an inspirational person in the New Testament as you read about him and you study the Word. He had a big heart and a lot of energy, but Peter had problems jumping the gun. And I think this passage gives us a clue to what Peter's real issue was in times where he said or did something stupid. He tried to be in control. Now, the crucifixion had been the plan of God since the time Adam surrendered planet Earth to the leadership of the devil, and Peter didn't see this. The final payment for the sin of mankind crushed the power of Satan that he has on the lives of the believer. The Lord said in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity or war between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. In Daniel 9.26, after the 62 periods of seven, or 62 periods of seven years, Messiah, or Christ, is cut off, but not for himself. And this happened. The devil was able to inflict serious physical wounds upon Jesus at his trial and crucifixion, but Jesus conquered the devil's power against the believer at the cross. But the devil still has a lot of targets in society to give him the same obedience as Adam did, leaving those still caught up in the world slaves to the devil. And John writes about this deliverance from the devil in 1 John chapter 5, where verse 18 it says, We know, or we see, another way of looking at that, that everyone who is born of God does not keep on sinning, and that is sinning willfully. But he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know, or we see, that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. John knew these things because he lived them, and he saw the reality of God not as a superstitious collection of stories. Rather, he knew Jesus personally and learned from him that the mind is the battlefield. The right way of following Jesus is engaging our mind. And first, obviously, is to come to repentance and receive Christ and do what's right from that point on, according to the scriptures. You know, we don't intentionally indulge in sin anymore. We resist the temptation and are protected so that the evil one does not touch us, like John said. And he continues in the fact that we are now from God, we're born from above, as Jesus warned Nicodemus, the Pharisee or powerful religious leader, that you got to be born again or born from above, literally. In other words, you have to have a spiritual birth to be in a relationship with God, a true and right relationship with God. And when this happens, we are new. And now we must actively put off old things in our lives, which are contrary to God, and put on those things that are pleasing to him. In Ephesians 4.25, it says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief steal no longer, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So we have to remember, we have God's seal on us when we are truly committed to Jesus in that relationship as Jesus described to Nicodemus. But the rest of the world, they're still under the power of the evil one. 
The cross revolutionized everything. And now those who receive Jesus are children of the true God, no longer the God of this world or the devil. But the rest of the world is still under the power of the evil one, as Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. In their case, the God of this world, that's the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. These are those who operate in the natural mind only. And being in the natural mind, we are vulnerable to the supernatural influence of the enemy. But to those who shift to the supernatural relationship with God, where he is communicating with them, empowering them, giving them discernment, protecting them, teaching them, etc., they are good to go. They have God walking through life with them. But those that don't, they're sitting ducks for the enemy. And they give opportunity to the devil. Like Paul says in Ephesians, give no opportunity to the devil. These that are outside the will of God and outside that relationship with God, they're vulnerable to the devil. Those who are dependent on the natural mind instead of the supernatural God. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as so to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And like Peter operating in the natural mind regarding supernatural things like the crucifixion, it deprived him because of his natural mind of any real understanding of the plan of God, despite the fact he believed and he witnessed the supernatural continually. And this is so consistent with believers today who keep the supernatural relationship with God at arm's length. They never really achieve victory in their relationship with the Lord. They're simply normal people doing normal things, going through life and having a church experience. And that's like having a flat tire. Your tire is meant to be filled with air so it can do what it's supposed to do. When it's flat, it drags you down. And when Peter experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit, everything changed because he now made the jump from a natural mind into the supernatural mind of Christ. And this is where the war rages. We are now supposed to be alive spiritually. Our spirit must be active and our knowledge and faith has a lot to do with that. The Lord is the one who flips the switch and makes us spiritually alive. Our job is to believe and obey. And that happens in the mind. Colossians 2.13 And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us our trespasses. So we're now alive in Christ. And he flipped the switch and things are happening. I like to work on my cars periodically and I change the oil, the plugs, the wires, and I can get a little bit into the motor for things like water pumps and timing belts and, and things a little beyond the basics. And when I change the oil, which I do most of the time in my cars, I realize that the oil that's in the motor is no longer that useful. It needs to be changed along with the filter. So I change my oil when it's hot, so it's a little runnier, makes it quicker to drain, and I jack my car up on one side where the oil plug is at the lowest point so that all of that bad oil can get out. And once that oil stops dripping with the plug still out, I put about a third of a quart of oil in the motor and quickly go back under the car. And I watch as that black oil starts to flow again. And then pretty soon the oil becomes clear. The reason I do this is I've looked inside of motors before. I've got somewhat of a mechanical background and I've seen the sludge that can accumulate when the proper maintenance is avoided. And I don't want sludge in my motor. It does the motor no good. I want clean oil that properly lubricates the parts and keeps my cars running well. And I've also seen motors where the good oil has been used and the owner properly serviced the car, leaving the motor looking new with several hundred thousand miles on the motor. And this was so impressive when I saw this, I realized I need to keep track of my old changes and do it on time. It's the way the motor was designed to last for a long time. 
And our minds are like engines. When we are careful to take care of our minds, they will last a lot longer than if we abuse them with bad things. So in a physical sense, eating right, exercising, avoiding drugs and alcohol, those things help the mind. Living a life of continual learning where you're enthused about learning new things, that helps the mind. There are things that we can do to protect that physical part of our mind. But now what about the mental piece? Colossians 3 verse 1, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now Paul gives us examples of what to avoid, and think about these things and ask yourself, have I suffered mentally or emotionally because of these things? As he continues in Colossians 3 verse 5, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And these things, they hurt the mind, loading it up with guilt, shame, fear, etc. And as he continues in verse 7, he says, In these you too once walked when you were living in them. So many of us who are living our lives like this, we have a lot of regrets and some of those still haunt us. And this does not help our minds. And he continues in verse 8, But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So putting off these things and putting on love does a few things. First, it prevents us from racking up more guilt and shame. Secondly, some of that negativity just seems to naturally disappear. And this is the result of that redemption. We're sealed with the seal of God for that day of redemption. It's like going to a pawn shop and pawning something because you have no money. And then when you want it back, you got to pay more money to get it back. With our salvation, we can't pay the debt. We don't have enough. And Jesus paid our debt so we could be bought back out of pawn, basically, or redeemed We are in Christ and we walk in newness of life. We're different now. Now it's time to put on the mind of Christ. And we need the power of God to override our flesh, which is driven by our natural mind. So as believers, we need to sharpen our minds by believing, caring for our physical body, that's important, which affects our minds, but obeying the Holy Spirit and the Word and being empowered or gifted by the Holy Spirit. And then we can see the power of God move more clearly and are able to live our lives in a way that pleases Him. And as Paul says in Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So that's on us. We need our minds to be redeemed. And that happens when we obey, when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we put off the old garbage in our lives that we all once walked in, and we just put on Christ. That's how our minds become renewed. Being renewed means to make new again. So we are new in Christ. And the way we think, the way we act, all that stuff depends on that willingness to walk in newness of life. And that's where you'll be blessed. Thank you.